What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show, DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Another week of golf uh, on tap this week. We've got uh, a more exciting field, more exciting tournament this week than we had a week ago. And last week was very quiet. We couldn't even fill our uh, weekly snake draft last week. So that was disappointing. The regulars, the, the, the folks we count on every week, to fill that snake draft we're just not present last week so uh hopefully everybody's around excited refreshed what have you for another elevated field tournament this week at the wells fargo championship Uh, a lot more for us to talk about and more golfers to break down than what we had last week uh that's not to say that last week wasn't interesting though uh as we kind of get things rolling we'll take a quick look back at that I am Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals 84. I've got Derek Farnsworth, Mr. Notorious, alongside me as usual. And Noto, we talk a lot about the unpredictability of golf, yet it seems like that Mexico Open, the two years that we've had it, uh, it's the only guys that you'd consider as the top golfers in the field uh, beating up on everybody else. And that's exactly what we had last week with John Rahm and Tony Finau. Uh, going one two there at the top with Finau taking the tournament down and uh, pretty rare I think that we can count the you know the number of times that the top two priced golfers have finished one two in an event it doesn't happen all that often but uh, seems like they cream rises to the top there in that Mexico Open every year yeah uh, they finished one two in consecutive years uh, I have to imagine they were the most expensive last year as well um, so that is pretty strange and then you have uh, Brandon Wu um, also finished in the top five I think he did last year as well it might be it might have been a top 10 but uh, yeah very similar leaderboard um, and it's really just nice seeing Tony Finau turn into a winner for the longest time he was just one of those guys that was always in the mix couldn't close uh, he finally got that uh, playoff win um, after his Puerto Rico win, you know, many moons ago. And all of a sudden, uh, he's rattled off four wins in his last 18 starts. Um, his approach play has been elite. He's been a good putter. And uh, he's always, you know, had distance and, uh, you know, good hands around the green. So one of my favorites, I don't know if you saw the video. Um, he went and played the par three course with his kids. He went, uh, he was caddying for them uh, just right after he won. I mean, uh, the guy seems like a, a great dude. And, I uh, can't wait to see him again uh, on the Netflix series uh, next year. Yeah, absolutely. Seems like a fantastic guy. He got as many wins over the course of the last week as my Cardinals did. So uh, <laughs> kudos to Finau and the Cardinals for each winning one time uh, in the past week. Uh, baseball is irritating me right now, so happy to talk some golf and uh, and get the, uh, the Cardinals who are on pace to finish like 60 games out of first place, 10 games back after a month. Uh, get them out of my mind for a little while. Uh, we and we, the good news is we got plenty of stuff to keep us occupied. We got golf. Uh, we had some incredible NHL game sevens over the weekend. Uh, playoff hockey is just a, a little bit of a different beast uh, to where you get a lot of people who maybe don't watch regular season hockey watching the playoffs and uh, game seven, especially with the one going to overtime. You just it could end at any moment, which makes it a little bit different. You know, in football, you're driving down for the winning score and baseball. You kind of know how many outs you have left. Uh, but in you know playoff hockey and overtime uh, game seven, it just you never know when it might end. And uh, so Florida, Seattle pulled off some upsets. Uh, we're taping this on Monday night, so we've got the Rangers and the Devils tonight. NBA playoffs are going full steam. Warriors took down the Kings over the weekend, so plenty of stuff on the sports calendar to uh, to keep us busy this time of year. 
Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, I'm even watching a little bit of hockey. Um, so that that's pretty rare. I don't really know any of the players, but uh, it's fun to watch once you get into the playoffs. And uh, are you joining the – did you join the move in May that our company's doing? No, I didn't. I, I don't okay. know. I, I must have missed something here. You're going to have to fill me in. Well, so Better Collective, they're just doing uh, this big thing where you get as many steps as you can. They broke us up into teams. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get as many steps in uh, per day for the whole month of May. Um, and, you know, I log in this morning to see the leaderboard. Somebody already had 25,000 steps before I woke up. So don't think I uh, don't think I'm going to be doing very well on the whole leaderboard. But uh, we're going to get as many steps as we can. Let's see. Uh, see where we're at today. Uh, I'm only at 1600 at the moment, so I'm going to have to go. I, got, I have to mow the yard tomorrow, though, and that's usually it. So we've got. Uh, fairly big yard and it's fenced in so i can't get a rider in through the back fence and it, basically it's uh it, it's about a three-hour process it's about a fifteen thousand step push mowing job for me so uh, i'll get my steps in tomorrow uh saving up the old uh the old hammies today to uh to be ready to go tomorrow but Maybe uh, uh, maybe we can bring you in as the sixth man off the bench. There you go. Bring in somebody off the bench. Uh, us old guys are going to get tired in a hurry. You need a little extra help there. All right. Uh, well, we mentioned Rom and Finau at the top last week and uh, had some pretty good calls here on the show, both of us. Uh, Eric Cole was the guy we talked about last week, finished top five. Uh, Noto's model uh, guy that uh, he liked as a potential punt. Alejandro Tosti, I ended up throwing him in a few lineups, and he finished tied for 10th for somebody that was down in the 6Ks. Uh, Bramlett, we talked about him on the show, talked about Carson Young as a potential punt. Our boy Jaeger finishing inside the top 20. So it was kind of a crummy tournament, but uh, I think we hit on some decent calls last week. Yeah, fairly predictable, which is really all you want to see uh, in golf in an unpredictable sport. Um, yeah, Toasty or Tosty, um, however you say his last name, he became uh, the like trendy pick of the week. Uh, I think Data Golf had him rated pretty high, and uh, all of a sudden he was getting double digit ownership, and uh, our Discord was all over the map on what they wanted to do with him. Uh, but if you played him, it ended up working out. He had a really low Sunday, which helped me in showdown. Another guy, Akshay Batia. So he's played well enough to get a temporary membership. But just like Will Zalatoris, he doesn't have his PGA Tour card. So none of the points that he's getting are going to get him into the playoffs, um, which is just – I don't understand. I mean, I it's think so he would be stupid. like – You need – this whole process needs to be revamped because yeah, it so needs a – it's like you got to have a flow chart to figure out what's going on. Yeah, so he needs to win just to get into the playoffs now. And especially with the designated you know schedule next year, he's not going to get into a lot of the big events just because – you know, he's not going to be able to make the playoffs. So uh, I don't love the way it's set up, but uh, at least he got uh, the temporary membership secured for now. Yeah. Um, nice to see him playing well. Also another uh, big week from him. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll see where he leads with uh, that special temporary membership. And we've seen a lot of guys take advantage of that. Uh, it was kind of a wild tournament last week. Lots of ups and downs. Uh, Wyndham Clark uh, was another kind of top end, basically at one of the top end picks outside of Ramen Finau. Started with a 73, battled back, made the cut, closed with a 65. So he got inside the top 25. Uh, Benny on shot seven under on Sunday to move up the leaderboard. He was one of the pricier options in that weak field last week, also. And I mean, basically, if you 
Uh, if you didn't make the cut, you know, it's probably because you just didn't play well with the with the weak field. Uh, you can't really blame, you know, not getting the opportunity uh, to make the cut. So and most of the uh, higher owned guys uh, did make the cut. It was fairly chalky in terms of the way the week played out. But uh, again, Fino, Rom, uh, one, two, and uh, we'll see if they come back next year. And if they don't, you know, uh, that field will get uh, get even weaker yet. So uh, assuming this stays at the same place on the calendar with a elevated event the week following. Anything else from last week that uh, that you want to pass along? Uh, I don't think so. I do love that uh, John Rahm teed it up, though. I mean, he teed it up. Uh, you know, he likes to be the ambassador for, you know, the Spanish-speaking countries uh, and golf. And I think that's pretty cool because he ended up taking this week off uh, a chance to win you know, a lot more money than he would have last week. So I thought it was pretty cool that he ended up defending his title. And, uh, yeah, like Brian said in the chat, uh, no Rom, no Scheffler. So uh, it's wide open for the first time in a long time in terms of uh, these designated events. The question becomes, does Rom play at this – Mexico Open next year. Now that he's not the defending champion anymore, you think he comes back? It sounds like uh, it just sounds like uh, you know he wants to. Uh, it's important to him, or, yeah. So I, I think he will, but uh, we'll see. I mean, he's guaranteed to finish top two. Why not? <laughs> That's right. That's always pretty uh, pretty nice floor there if your floor is second place. Uh, and that was even after a fairly slow start on Thursday. I think he bogeyed the first hole. He was maybe even par through his first seven or eight. Um, and, you know, just like at the Masters, ended up coming roaring back uh, to, to be in the mix there come the weekend. All right, let's turn our attention to this week. Uh, Wells Fargo Championship. Again, we'll hope to, to revive the snake draft here tonight at the end of the show. So hope we can get enough of you to stick around to participate in that uh, because we do have a full 156 golfer field this week. And most of the top names outside of those handful that we just mentioned are in the field this week. The tournament is back at Quail Hollow, uh, which has generally been the host course. Quail Hollow hosted the President's Cup, so they were getting it ready for that. So it did not host last year. Uh, the name of the course where they played last year is escaping me at the moment, but it's irrelevant because they're back at Quail Hollow this year. Uh, the course has undergone some changes. It's probably going to play fairly difficult, uh, you would think, and it's always been a somewhat challenging test. Uh, so uh, what do we make of the venue here? Yeah, I believe this is the first uh, field of 156 that we've had this year. We might have had one other, but uh, I think this might be the first. And uh, this course has been top 10 in difficulty to the last five years. So um, we're going to see some carnage. You're going to see uh, hopefully a lower own, lower six to six um, ownership, you know, come the weekend. Um, it's a par 71 now. It used to be a par 72 and it's lengthened. It's over 7,500 yards. I mean, this course has hosted the PGA Championship, hosted the President's Cup uh, last fall, uh, which was a lot of fun. And uh, historically, it's been a bomber-friendly course. Uh, if you look at Data Golf, they definitely like um, driving distance, you know, as a, as a stat to look at this week. The fairways here are pretty wide. The rough here is pretty thick. So um, if you are going to miss the fairways, it makes sense to be closer to the hole um, if you're going to be hitting out of the rough. So I'm looking at driving distance, looking at strokes meet off the tee. Um, over 50% of the approach shots were hit from over 175 yards last year. So long irons, a lot of long irons. And then, you know, anytime you have a difficult course, you're going to have to scramble. You're going to have to putt well. Um, and these are Bermuda greens. They did replace. They used to have, I think, Tip Eagle Bermuda greens. And now they have 419 or 9. I can't remember the exact number of Bermuda grass. But uh, whatever it is, it's it's new. And uh 
yeah, if you want to look at some comps, I'm hearing Torrey Pines and, and Riviera as the, the top two comp courses. Yeah, it would make sense. Longer, more difficult tracks. Um, and, and, you know, where uh, scrambling is often important. So I am in agreement with those metrics this week and uh, should be fun to see how the course plays. So, again, if you're looking at course history data, uh, throw last year's out the window. Was there another year back farther where they didn't play? here or maybe they just didn't have the tournament at all or maybe i'm misremembering so yeah 2020 was COVID, and then when they had the pj championship i don't think they played the this event here yeah yeah so do you remember you know what year that was uh jt1 we can find out real quick yeah i'm gonna uh, although he won two so that's not gonna help uh, oh it's the year brian Harmon won wasn't it 2017 it looks like uh yeah 2017 2017 pga championship and okay. so that is when brian Harmon won so i need to take that uh year of data out of my course history so good call all right so that is and let's see where this event as i remember that but i did um yeah, that was at Eagle Point in 2017. So 2017 was not played here. 2020 was not played at all because of COVID. And 2022 was played at a different venue as well. So uh, be careful if you're going off, of course, history to uh, not go on the years where it wasn't played at Quail Hollow. Uh, all right. In any case, long, difficult uh, course, strong field. Uh, reasonable comps that Noto mentioned there with the, you know, Torrey Pines, Riviera. Uh, those are the types of, of golfers you're going to want to target this week. And if we look at the top on DraftKings, as usual, four golfers above 10K. We've got Finau, last week's champion. We've got Cantlay. Uh, we've got Shoffley. And then we've got Rory at 11-1. Rory has a pretty good history of success on this course also. Uh, so he is the highest priced of the four. Now, of course, coming off that win last week and Shoffley and Cantlay uh, certainly capable of contending on a difficult course on a big stage as well. So how do you rank those top four? And do you think uh, you need to prioritize one of them? Because I do think this week there are more so than we've seen in the past. There are some playable uh, punt options if you need them. Yeah, there are. And uh, you can also make the case that, uh, you know, the middle of the field is a little bit stronger so that the balance lineups uh, will work as well. So I think you can do either way. Um, I looked up Tony Finau. So the last couple of times he's won, he won back to back last summer. And then uh, the last time he won, he finished T7 uh, the next week. So um, it might be an interesting spot to load up on Finau. He doesn't have the course history like these other guys do. People hate playing the guy coming off of the win. But, uh, man, he's playing so well. The distance is there off the tee. The approach play, nobody's been better um, this season. I think he's number one on the PGA Tour strokes game approach. Uh, talk about, you know, putting's been improved. The round around the green game has been improved. So uh, I think Fina is definitely interesting if the ownership's going to be low. Um, if I'm taking one person in terms of their floor, it's got to be Rory McIlroy. Um, his last nine trips here, he's yet to finish out of the top 20. Uh, with the win during that stretch. So uh, I think Rory's probably the safest option. But, I mean, Xander and Cantley, they're like two of the most complete golfers around. They played great here at the President's Cup together. And uh, you can kind of expect them to be lingering on the weekend, although, you know, how often they finish 
know, at the very top is uh, is another story. But I, <laughs> you can make a case for all four of these guys. Do you have a do you have a preference? Yeah, I think outside with Rory as well. Um, and yeah, you're, you're splitting hairs largely with them, but uh, I, I'm kind of in lockstep with you. I think Rory and then Finau, if that ownership starts to creep down a little bit coming off the win, um, tough to, you know, generally if I'm multi-entering, I, I won't include all of the top four guys in my player pool. Um, haven't decided yet if I'm going to leave Xander or, or can't lay out. Uh, there's not really a reason on paper that you know you'd absolutely have to do it but um rackleroy and and fina definitely my two favorite i think yeah so uh we're we're in agreement there but uh yeah the pricing's not too bad you can definitely you know build two of these guys in the same lineup yeah and we'll get to the value guys later that help to uh, make that work uh and then we can get to the mid-range builds here the balance builds in a little bit also uh, and because this next, you know, the 9K range is no slouch either. You've got uh, you got Morikawa in here. You've got Jordan Spieth, who I believe was 5-0 and at the President's Cup here. You've got Max Homa, who is a past winner here and played well at the President's Cup also. Uh, you've got Matt Fitzpatrick, who our projections, the Roto-Grinders projections, really like this week uh, and who I like also. On a, now that he's got more distance, uh, I like the way that this course fits his game. Uh, you've got the upside of Hovland in here. You've got Sung JM. I mean, plenty of options in the 9Ks. And then it's rounded out uh, by Jason Day, who, uh, you know, outside of one or two rough rounds uh, a few weeks ago, has been one of the best golfers in calendar year 2023. So uh, I, I like this 9K range quite a bit, too. Uh, what do you make of these guys? Yeah, you know, I'm going to be going back to Jason Day. Uh, I haven't lost enough money on him this year, so might as well throw some more at him. I mean, he's been very good. Um, you mentioned the blow-up rounds at the Masters. Those ones hurt uh, for sure. He was uh, second and had a five-footer to tie for the lead on in his second round and then uh, missed it, and everything just came you know, unraveling. So I do like Day. He's won here before. Um, he's got the, the complete skill set that I'm kind of looking for, plenty of distance, all that good stuff. Outside of that, I don't have a ton of interest. Um, Morikawa and Spieth seem a little overpriced. I mean, Spieth's been great recently, and he was great at the President's Cup, like you mentioned. But, uh, man, it just doesn't feel like a great course for him. You know, Homa's won here twice, but uh, he's been struggling. I mean, he wasn't good at the Masters. He wasn't good. He missed a cut at the Heritage, and then he and Morikawa both missed a cut together at the Zurich. So worried a little bit about his form. Uh, I'm okay with Hovland and then Sungjae kind of with speed. I like him on these shorter courses a little bit more than the bomber courses. So for me, it's kind of Jason Day, maybe a little Hovland, and then probably going to be underweight on everybody else. Yeah, again, I mentioned I like Fitzpatrick a good bit. If you're into the course history, I think Homa is fine. Um, you know, I'm obviously underweight on speed pretty much every week, but um, Morikawa, Homa, Homa, Fitzpatrick, I can get behind. Uh, Fitzpatrick I have tagged for now uh, but uh, might have a little bit of a little bit of exposure to this tier um, day I think is fine also so uh, if you're not playing one of the stars at the top you know you can maybe start with the Fitzpatrick day type of build uh, and then that could be the start of maybe your more balanced approach lineup because the field is much deeper than what we've seen basically since the Masters uh, I mean we've got Justin Thomas at 8900 uh, I know that he's been a disappointment and the putter is frustrating and he just can't seem to put four rounds together. 
you know, at the Masters was kind of symbolic of how the last six months have gone for him. Uh, ends up, I think, bogey in the last couple holes to miss the cut by one. Uh, but he's he, Justin Thomas at $8,900. If you would have told me six months ago that Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler would basically be the same price, I would have looked at you with crazy eyes. So, um, you know, I, I'm I'm a sucker for the talent, so I'll, I'll get some Thomas at 8900 uh, But you got Fowler, Cam Young, Sam Burns, Tom Kim, Thigala. Like, a lot of this upper 8K range is a whole lot of risk-reward type of plays. Uh, where do you kind of stand on some of these guys? Yeah, so uh, you mentioned JT. I mean, it's hard to not like him uh, at that price point. Um, yeah, the Cheetah Green's been great. It's just been the putter that's kind of been letting him down. Won the PGA Championship here, like we talked about. Uh, good at the President's Cup. So uh, I'm willing to go back to JT. I do like Fowler. I mean, I know he's overpriced, but, uh, man, he's been so good. Um, he's gained 26 strokes on approach in his last six starts, and uh, he did win here back in 2012. So maybe he can finally break through, and if not, you know, he's at least going to be in the mix for a top 20. And then, I mean, Cam Young, I think he's going to be the highest-owned golfer of the week, at least one of them, if really? not Rory, Rory McIlroy. He's on everybody's betting card, and uh, he finished second here last year. Six runner-ups in his career. Just kind of feels like the perfect course for him to finally break through with the win. Interesting that I, I mean, he's kind of on my radar, but I didn't have him on the radar as being that chalky. Um, oh shoot, I'm trying to get some data up here, but so the second last year. Like, or the year year before or last year when it wasn't played here? Sorry, I had a little one questioning me. Um, you talk about Cam Young? Yeah, I was, so you mentioned second. Was he second here? Yeah. So last, last year, year where that was played elsewhere, right? Uh, last year it was too. Yeah, last year was the President's Cup year. I think they still played. Or was that two they years still ago? Played, they, yeah, they still played the, this event here though. Because Rory won when he hit it left on 18, and then he had to take the drop out of the little river thing. So what? Hang on a second. Or was that 2021? Yeah, that was two years ago. So last year was at TPC Potomac, and it was Homa, and and then T2 was Keegan, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Cameron Young, and Rory was fifth. So 2022 data is out. If you're going okay. off course history. So he doesn't have a second place finish then. That's correct. Um, not on this course. He does at the tournament, but not on this course. So play him and him and Brian Harmon together. The but great course history at the event. The course history is just it's confusing this week because it's been all over the place. But I thought I had that right, but I didn't want to say anything until I found out for sure in case I had it backwards. But yeah, so but Cam Young, I mean he fits the profile, right? Long hitter. Yeah. Um, you know, a guy that should have success on this course, but uh, again, if if he gets steamed up a ton, I I don't know. I, I think I I'll be underweight. Uh, it's a little bit risky, but his floor is pretty low too. So with the other guys in here, I mean Thomas, and I don't mind taking a shot on Burns. Um, you know, Kim Hatton, all these guys I think have some upside. So um, I, I'll I'll pivot if Cam Young gets to extreme chalk uh, at that uh, at that price range. All right, uh, the rest of the 8K range, not a whole lot at the bottom end, but uh, Kim, Thigala, I just mentioned, Lowry has kind of struggled to put it together. Fleetwood struggled for consistency. And after you mentioned that Brian Harmon is back, 
a few <laughs> weeks ago. Uh, he got jacked up to 8K in this strong field, so there is no discount on Brian Harmon this week. So interested to see where you land here. Yeah, he has played well here, um, not counting the win that wasn't here. But uh, he has a couple of top 25s, and I think he played pretty well here at the PGA Championship in 2017 as well, if I if I recall correctly. Um, but, yeah, 8,000, that's too much for me, um, even as a Brian Harmon truther. Plus, you know, it's a course where you want to be longer off the tees, one of the shortest guys in the field. So I think I'll pass on him. I'm also going to pass on Tigala. He just, man, he can't gain 10 strokes on and around the greens every week, can he? I mean, I just, it just mm-hmm. seems would think so. Like he's losing strokes, ball striking, and finishing in the top ten. So I think eventually the luck's going to run out. And I love Tigala. Uh, I'm always going to root for him, but uh, that does worry me a little bit. I think Hatton's interesting. Um, he's been so good off the tee. Typically, we don't think of him as a guy that uh, is great off the tee, but uh, yeah, he's got some really good numbers. He's seventh so far in 2023 in strokes gained off the tee. He can get it out there a little bit. And that's pretty much it for me. I, I don't mind Sam Burns anytime you get him on Bermuda. Uh, he's a longer hitter. And I like Tom Kim, but and I know we played well here at the President's Cup, but I do think, you know, not being very long off the tee is a pretty big disadvantage here. Yeah, he's not going to stand out this week, I don't think, in the projections. I don't mind him in some GPP builds, but this kind of lower end of the 8K range, I, I think I'm just kind of uh, going to leave most of it alone. Uh, go into the higher end of the 7K range for plays here. Um, you know, you've got Wyndham Clark, who is certainly long off the tee, finished strong last week. Keith Mitchell has been very good off the tee over the past year. Uh, you've got Keegan, who's going to grade out well in the projections also. Um, as kind of all these guys between 7,600 and 8K, uh, if you want to take a dice roll on whether or not Gary Woodland's short game will show up this week, uh, you can potentially throw him in the mix at 7,600. Also, uh, Davis Riley coming off a good performance, obviously, at the team event a few weeks ago with the win uh, at 7,500. He's not grading out very well in projections. But then uh, Chris Kirk also at 7,500 continues to, to feel a bit underpriced. So I like the upper end of the 7K range. Clark, Keegan, uh, Kirk, I think are all guys that I will be looking at this week. Uh, what are you looking at in here? Yeah, uh, Clark and Keegan definitely on board with those two. Um, Clark has always been known as a bomber putter, but uh, all of a sudden he's gaining strokes on approach. He's gained at least two strokes on approach in seven of his last eight, so I like that quite a bit. Uh, Your guy Keith Mitchell has a really good track record here, two top tens um, in 2021 and 2019. Um, we got to be careful with my course history quoting. (laughs) Uh, It's got me thrown for a loop. Uh, i got to go back and change some stuff. But, uh, yeah, so I, I think it's a good spot for Keith Mitchell even though the form has tailed off a little bit. Uh, Woodland's interesting given his length off the tee. Uh, he might lose five strokes on and around the green, but you kind of take your chances there. And then I do like Patrick Rogers. Um, similar to Wyndham Clark, he's known for you know his distance and his putting. But uh, the last three events, he's gained 10 strokes on approach, three straight top 20s. And uh, I think it's just him finally figuring it out a little bit with the irons. And so uh, I'll take some chances with him. Yeah, don't mind that call. I and mean, we tend to uh, to have fairly decent luck uh, when the weeks we decide one of us decides to play him. So uh, kind of like that a little bit this week also. So I can get on board with that one. 
Lower end of the 7K range. Uh, Jaeger coming off a good week. Adam Scott is down here. Um, probably not a Brendan Todd week since this is a course where you maybe want to go for a little bit more distance off the tee. Uh, Seamus Power, you know, he'll pop up at times. Benny on coming off a hot Sunday round. Uh, SH Kim, I think, could be somewhat interesting. Uh, nobody, I think that's a stone lock in the lower end of the 7K range, but at least some playable options. Uh, what are your thoughts on this tier here? Yeah, you mentioned Benny on. I don't really think of him as a bomber, but he's top 10 in this field and driving distance, which uh, caught me by surprise. He's been playing. It seems like he's been playing a lot better because he's always at the top of the leaderboard at some point. But uh, he's making cuts. He's making birdies. And at 7,100, that's pretty good for me. You mentioned Jaeger. Uh, I think that's interesting. Um, I was going to quote his T6 here last year, but uh, it wasn't here. So, um, yeah, the T18 was good. He gained eight strokes on approach last week. And Adam Scott, I don't know what to do. Man, He's lost 15 strokes on approach in his last four starts. He's just – That's he's getting not good. It done. That used to be his game. Yeah, he's getting it done putting and short game, which wasn't his game. Um, but he does have distance off the tee. 7,300 actually rates out decently well for the first time in a long time for me. So I might have a little bit of him and everyone else. I don't have a strong take on. Yeah. I don't love a whole lot in this range either. Um, I might play a little Benny on this week. I think it's because uh, this range isn't that exciting. Uh, I think I'll go for guys that maybe have shown us some upside. You know, you could consider a power or a post center or something like that, but uh, Benny on, I think, is is my favorite in that in that range. Uh, we got Batia here at seven K. Also, again, another guy that you know, obviously, we've seen can give you some upside at times. Um, anything else above seven thousand that you want to touch on that we miss? I think that's it for me. Yeah. All right, uh, we can go talk about the uh, punt range hopefully we got enough of you watching that uh, are interested in doing the snake draft tonight we'll get to that here in just a couple of minutes but i mentioned some targetable players uh under 7k maybe for the first time in a while uh, i'm gonna throw out my random yolo gpp play of the week that's matthew neesmith uh, who we've talked about i mean super inconsistent uh he's largely had a terrible year uh, but we brought him up a few weeks ago at the team event. Uh, his partner is escaping me now. You recall, who did he play with in that? Uh, Taylor Moore. Taylor Moore, that's it. Now, obviously, Moore has been having a really good year, and he kind of carried them through a little bit of that. But they shot uh, 26 under, finished tied fourth. Uh, Neesmith had made the cut at the RBC Heritage before that. Uh, finished top 40 at the Arnold Palmer in March. So has been showing maybe a few signs of playing a little bit better. Um, we've seen him, you know, have hot stretches before. So not going to grade out well in projections, probably not going to eclipse two or 3% ownership. Probably not a guy you want to be throwing as your last guy in your cash game lineup. That just probably doesn't feel like the smartest decision in a full field, strong field event, but uh, I think Neesmith is a guy that's uh, interesting, could give you some upside. Uh, you know, you get uh, guys like Will Gordon and Bramlett in here. We've talked about a little bit over the past few weeks, too. Just at least a few names. Uh, Eric Cole coming off that T5 finish last week. So uh, those are a few that stood out to me that could at least potentially be GPP guys. 
Yeah, my favorites are going to be Cole, like you mentioned, and uh, Bramlett, like you mentioned. Um, you know, Bramlett's more of the bomber that can't putt, and uh, Cole's actually a really good putter coming off of a T5 finish. Uh, if you want to chase some upside, Pearson Cootie uh, is in the field at 6,500. We've seen him have some really good rounds, and he's coming off of three straight top 15s. I'm guessing those are all on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, but like we saw last week uh, with Toasty or Tosty, um, sometimes that form on the Corn Ferry Tour can translate over onto the PJ Tour. And if you want to play uh, Toasty or Tosty again, 6,500, um, he's now at five straight Double top down. 25s. Five straight top 25s uh, for him. So there are some interesting names. Uh, I think some people will play Carson Young. He's coming off of some uh, good results, a couple top 20s in a row. Uh, anybody else? Oh, did you see the Michael Kim scare last week? Uh, what are you referencing? Well, so late Wednesday night came out that he, he tweeted that he hurt his back on the range on Wednesday. Oh, okay, no, I didn't see that. So took him out of my player pool, ends up playing great. Um, so that was kind of frustrating. Um, I was so happy that I saw his tweet late at night uh, to get him out of there, and then he ended up playing well um, all four rounds. But he's back in the field, and he is – 6,600, he's added some distance uh, off the tee. He's been really good cut maker this season. Yeah, he has. He's uh, definitely shown a lot more consistency this year, for sure. Good to see for the former JDC champ. All right. Uh, well, it's going to be time, I think, for us to attempt to fire up the snake draft. Uh, so those of you who are just listening on the podcast feed and want to tune out for the week, uh, we will bid you farewell. Appreciate you checking us out as always. And uh, for those of you who are watching on YouTube and don't want to continue, just uh, hit the thumbs up button before you turn us off. We appreciate that very much. Thanks as always for watching. Uh, and uh, Justin and Noto, we'll see you next week.